Welcome to Brains, Bibles, and Beyond, where we discuss theology and worldview apologetics with our budding theologians. Woo! That's you guys. Thanks. I am Nate Day from Think Thy Christ Ministries, mm -hmm. and this guy over here is our resident theologian, Joel Willoughby. Glad to be here. Check out our websites. Uh, check out more of our ministries, the opportunity to donate, things to pray for. Uh, Brainsandbibles.com for Brains and Bibles with Joel Willoughby here. ThinkLikeChrist.org to check out Nate Day and uh, all the many ministries that are connected with that as well. We're glad to have you, our budding theologians, here to think along with us. If you find our content beneficial in any way whatsoever, please yeah. like and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. It helps get the podcast out to more people. And that would be great if yep. you like what you hear, share it with your friends. If you don't like what you hear, share it with your friends. <laughs> um, and don't give a review. <laughs> Our YouTube family, make sure you like, subscribe, interact in comments, things like that. That'd be good. And if you got any questions or comments, uh, email us at the show at podcast at thinklikechrist.org. Mm -hmm. And we will be putting together a special episode that will be in between our monthly episodes that where we answer questions. Once we get enough good ones to come through, we will put together an episode on Q&A, which yeah. I will ask those questions to our theologian, Joel, <laughs> because he is much more qualified to answer most of those. Right, right. So anyway. I, I, think, I think sometimes there'll be like a whole episode. Some of those, will be a, they just need to be a whole episode. That's like a, a formal. Yeah, there'll be some questions that are. But all, all the little quick ones. Yeah. Or quick, quicker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll throw those all together. There will be some questions that will get put into a full episode. And, Definitely. of course, we have a bunch of episodes already planned, so where those fit in. It could be years down the line. It could be one we already <laughs> plan on doing. But small questions, you know, that could be quick. If we get enough of those, we'll do an episode on that. Yeah. So, anyway, so last month we started our discussion on uh, the goodness of God. Is, Is God good? Is God good? So, so with that, um, there are four facts that we know are true. And those four facts are... God is exceedingly good. Yes. God is all-powerful. Boom. There it is. God is sovereign mm -hmm. in complete control. Yep. And evil exists and bad things happen. Right. So over four weeks, or sorry, four months, there I know I say weeks, over four months we're going to discuss this. And, and at the end, we're going to reconcile how can all these things be true? How can God be good? Be all powerful, be sovereign, and still evil exists. How does that make sense? How how does this all reconcile? What is the answer to that? What does the Bible say about it? Most importantly, because right. you guys don't want to hear my answer or Joel's answer, you want to know what God says about that yeah. in His Word. They have a proper biblical worldview. Yes, on goodness, evil, suffering, all that sort of thing together. So we kind of broke this up into four parts because a lot there. And, of course, this is not 100% exhaustive, but we want to get a good overview of sure. a good foundation. Of course, you guys can always study your own, dig into it more deeper, ask questions. Joel, we love to give you more, more information. Um, but last month we talked about just goodness. What is, what is good? Um, uh, this month, uh, this episode, this month, we're going to talk about what is evil. Mm -hmm. uh, next month we're going to discuss... Uh, God is powerful, all-powerful, and God is sovereign, and specifically relating to goodness. Uh, I know the sovereignty of God and, and just attributes of God. There. There's a, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could spend months and months and months talking about all that uh, exhaustively, but specifically talking about this topic. And then two months from now, episode four of this series, we will kind of wrap it all together, come to the conclusions. How do all these, how do all these fit together? How can all these be true at the same time? So, with that being said. Take so, away. Uh, one of the big famous things that I would hear an argument about when we think about God being good, um, they'll say, now what about the the conquest of Canaan? Sure. Uh, I, I've heard yep. it called the you know the, the Canaanite slaughter, you know, genocide, yeah. you know, that, that kind of thing. That's pretty close. Um, it's it's you know, not quite though, really, but we're you know, we won't dive too deep into what I can that see is. Why people would say that though. Definitely, for sure. So let's actually read a part of this, just a couple verses. Um, where God is, you know, telling Israel to uh, kill kill everything in, yeah. in a certain instance. Okay, here yeah, we go. Yeah. Uh, so in Deuteronomy 20, looking at verses 16 through 18. But in the cities of these peoples that the Lord your God is giving you for inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes, but you shall devote them to complete destruction. The Hittites and the Amorites, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded that they may not teach you to do according to all that their uh, to all their abominable practices that they have done for their gods, and so you sin against the Lord your God. And of course, there's a lot of context with that, but uh, there it is. You know, don't save anything alive. Nothing. You alive. know, man, woman, child, animal, everything. Everything. That and there's lots of passages you'll see where they they carried this out. Mm-hmm. They're very clearly even mentioned. You know, infants and animals. We killed them all. Yeah. Um. So you, you have to consider that. Yeah. It's, it's in scripture. You know, is is God good? Was Israel good? Uh, was all this appropriate in, you know, whatever context? Um, and so we, we want to kind of come back to that at the end, yeah. at so the, the, so at the end of this episode. So the question is, when God commands this, is that command good or evil? Right. It, it can't be in between. No. Yeah, it has one to be one other. of the two. It can't be both. So the answer has to be... Um, logical consistent and true yeah okay so we'll, we'll try to develop that this episode here so the standard of good which you've already talked about make sure you're watching these things or listening to these things in order uh the is, standard of episode two right watch episode one first right and then uh, of the series <laughs> and of course we've already covered like truth and gospel things like that yeah, so those yeah. are also really important um so the standard of good necessitates the existence of evil okay there's, there, there has to be something not good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, and there, it can only and must be good or evil. Well, uh, this, this command. Okay. So, which is it? So, even before sin, God had the tree of knowledge of good and evil already in place. That's an interesting thing because in Genesis two, um, you have. This tree of knowledge, good and evil, on the sixth day, a clear command, don't eat this fruit. Uh, but the end of the sixth day, which we see in Genesis 131, uh, it says that everything was very good. So that included this tree and the fruit that was on it, everything. So there's something to that. So uh, it was simply the knowledge. It's interesting. The knowledge of true, the, of good and evil. To, to know evil is not the same as being or doing evil. Mm-hmm. That that is there is a distinction there. I think yeah, that's important yeah. to know. You know, God knows all; He's omniscient, and so He knows about evil. Yet He Himself does not have to be evil just because He knows it. 
He's without sin himself. Um, so evil existed in concept, but it wasn't materialized yet. It wasn't actualized, yeah. if you want to say it that way, yeah. uh, until Satan. Satan was the first one uh, ever, historically. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we're not going to go into all the details of Satan today, but uh, you know, Satan chose evil. Um, his first evil choice is actually seen in Ezekiel 28. Um, in side note, while I turn there, Ezekiel 1 and 10 gives you a description of the cherubim. And uh, Satan is a cherub. Uh, and then Ezekiel 28 has a more specific description of Satan himself. Kind of a unique look here. But we're not going to look at all those verses too much. Um, you have in Ezekiel 28, there's this uh, word against the prince of Tyre. And that would start at the very beginning, go through verse 10. Um, and then it picks up in verse 12 with the uh, king of Tyre and goes through there. Uh, there's a real guy in a real land, uh, real bad, uh, a lot of stuff there. Uh, in, in this last section, verses 12 through 18, or sorry, 19, you have this intensification. It's not just the prince, it's the king. Uh, a lot of people would say, yes, this shows that this is who is behind this evil leader, Satan himself. Because you have a clear, I mean, the details here, obviously, is referring to Satan, obviously, uh, when you go through some of these things. Um, so some even say that Satan probably possessed this guy. He was he was pretty bad. Uh, but we, we don't know that for sure. But here we go. Let, let's look at Ezekiel 28, 12 uh, through 19. Uh, just to start off in the middle of that verse 12. You were, talking to Satan, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. He names a bunch of beautiful stones. And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. And verse 14 says, you were an anointed guardian cherub. There's different ways that they translate that. Some of these things, and you're several of these things, you know, they might have a footnote in your Bible that says, we're not really sure how to translate this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of, lot of uh, strange Hebrew things we don't see too often. But he says, you were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. So I brought fire out from your midst. It consumed you. And I turned you to ashes on the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. And you have come to a dreadful end and shall be no more forever. Hmm. Wow. It's really cool to see the end, um, which we're going to get to in the later episodes, the end of evil. Um, but anyways... Unrighteousness was found in him. Violence filled him. He became proud. We see all that here. He goes hand in hand with John eight forty four. Um, we don't need a. You can look that up, John eight forty four. But basically, Jesus is talking about he's the light of the world, and he's trying to teach these Jewish people. And eventually, he says, "Hey, the truth is going to set you free. You'll be free indeed." And they go, "What? Free? We've always been free. We're children of Abraham." Suddenly, they forgot about. <laughs> Egypt, Babylon, Syria, Rome, you know, suddenly they forgot about all these things. And so they start talking about Jesus' daddy. And that's not good. Uh, he, he loved them both. 
his heavenly father and his stepdad, Joseph, yeah. right? Uh, they start talking about his daddy. So then John 8, 44, you see Jesus talks about their daddy, which is <laughs> Satan. Uh, he just, he just lets father's him have it. The devil. Right. Yes. Have Your you father's ever, the devil. Have you ever said that to somebody for real life? No, not for real life. <laughs> but he says you're, yes, he was yeah. a murderer from the beginning, a father of <laughs> lies. Um, but that, that's who Satan was. That was the first evil. The concept of evil was there. He materialized that. He, he made it a reality by acting it out. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, there's consequences for that. So mm -hmm. let's, let's develop this idea. Anything that would not measure up to the objective, consistent, universal standard of good is evil. Yeah. Okay? Uh, I'll just make a point real quick before we actually give a definition of evil. Nothing is truly amoral. Okay? Ah, I mean, not so like... When you say amoral, that means something's not good or evil. It's just in the in the middle. You know, it doesn't really have any moral nature to it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think anything's actually amoral for one big reason. I, I think it's because everything has a real life context. Yeah. It's either good or not. Yeah. You you can say something completely isolated is not good or evil, but is anything ever truly isolated? No, not in reality. No. Not in reality. So, like, here's an example for you. Um, just, just watching a basketball game. Yeah. I love basketball. Now, now if you were to just isolate that watching a basketball game, is that good or evil? Depends. Yeah, right. Exactly. Cause there's a real context life context. Matters, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so you mm -hmm. could try to say it's amoral if it's completely isolated, but that's not realistic. So, yeah. you know, if, if let, let's say, you know, you're, you're just watching games nonstop and now it's taking a priority in your life. Yeah, um, instead of spending time with your kids or reading your right, Bible or right. doing anything that actually matters in life. We have commands of God. Yeah. There's things that we have to do. We have responsibility. Yeah. If you're neglecting those things, if you're loving it more than uh, others, God, things like that, well, you're having a problem there. That mm -hmm. That's evil then. Yeah, priorities matter. Now, however, let, let's say you do have everything balanced and you are fulfilling God's commands in your life. You're walking with him. Uh, that game's not doing all those bad things I just mentioned, but you're and you're able to give God thanks and praise for it, and you're just enjoying life. God wants you to enjoy life. Yeah, that, that's, it, that's it's fun. It's fun to be entertained now and then. Right, right. entertainment is not evil. Entertainment when you shouldn't have it is <laughs> right, right, right. Like, exactly. You know, so so then it's actually good. Yeah, it's a good thing. So yeah. it, it's either good or evil. It depends on the context. Yeah. So what you know. What's the core idea then? You know, what's the what's the really the definition of evil? If you were to boil it down to its essence. Yeah, so the definition is hard because typically if you say, hey, what's evil? Hmm. Most people answer by giving examples of evil. Right, you right. Know, you know, well, the car crash or, you know, sin or, you know, that guy was born blind. That's bad. Or, you know. We, we give examples of evil things. Yes. But that's not really the definition of evil. That's yes, examples not, not of definition. evil. definition. Yeah. Good, good. Very, very good. So, I think it's really important to understand, too. Yeah. Uh, what, so one concept, and I, I like this, but I just don't think it goes far enough. So one concept is that the absence of good is evil. Now, now a good uh, illustration of that is cold and hot, right? So the cold isn't really a thing. You, you don't measure cold. You measure heat. Cold is just the absence of heat. So they'll say in the same sense, evil is just the absence of good. Uh, there's a lot of truth <laughs> there, but to be most correct, 
Evil is the perversion and corruption of good things. Uh, good's what came first. It's the thing that actually has substance. Yeah. Evil was a concept. And when it materialized, what did it do? It perverted, yeah. distorted, corrupted the good thing. Yeah. That's what evil is. Evil is a corruption of good. So when, when it did this, um, you know, it, it came later. It perverted what was good. Uh, some of the first examples we have, you know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil uh, and free choice. That's a big one. Yeah. This is ultimately the big issue. Yeah. Okay. So what, you know, a lot of times I hear, uh, well, where did evil come from? They'll say, well, didn't God create everything? So God must have created evil, right? Oh, there it is. Yeah. So <laughs> God made evil possible. We made it actual. Yes. Right? Yes. Because man, man made the choice to sin. Right. So we already said the key phrase, free choice. Okay. Now, free choice is a wonderful thing. It really is. Yep. It is Having good. Freedom. Yeah. It is good. Okay. So, I mean, can you imagine if I if I took away 100% of your freedoms in this life, you would say that I'm evil for doing that. Yes. And you, you would say that's not good. Okay. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. Free choice is a good thing, but it's ultimately where evil originated from. Ultimately. Yes. See, God created us to have loving relationships, among other purposes. Created us to have loving relationships. Now, how is that really possible? You know, to have a legitimate loving relationship, um, then, you know, both parties have to be able to freely choose yeah. to love each other. If we're just... A robot that's forced to love God. It's right. not love. Right. Right. So we have to have that choice to choose to love God or choose not to love God. But mm -hmm. it's not love if we can't choose not to. So and you think about like what a legitimate free choice is. There there's there's no legitimate choice unless there's choices. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. If if I if I just if if I have a piece of bread. And that's the only thing there is. And I say, what would you like to eat today? Well, you could you could maybe name something. It doesn't matter. The only legitimate choice there yeah. is the bread. That's you what know. I like to eat. That's clearly. <laughs> but in this case, good. my choice is bread. I, I do love bread. I got to tell you. <laughs> Warm, soft, throw some cheese in there, you know, yeah. whatever. Okay. Fresh homemade right out of the oven. <laughs> it doesn't Butter melting through it. Why, why are two big guys talking about yeah. food? That, that, that no one's ever heard about that before. Yeah, okay, no. all right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's not a bad choice. <laughs> necessarily, but it's not a choice. Necessarily, if, yeah. there's, if there's only one thing, it's not a choice. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of silly. So the I mean, really, look at Adam and Eve. The first time that they were given a second choice, they ran to it. They ran to it. Uh, you know, when we choose or prioritize. Like this is the this is the core definition of evil. So I don't want you to miss it. When we choose or prioritize something or someone above God, that's evil. That's yes. what it is, right there. Um, so what are the results, though? You know, what are the results? Because this is also important in our discussion. Uh, when we talk about is God good? We see bad things happening. You know, the results of evil. Romans six twenty three is so clear. The wages of sin is death. Sin is evil, right? Yeah. So you could say you could say. What you what is earned from evil is death, um, but I think we have to have a good understanding of what death is. 
the the most root definition of death would be separation. You know, when we think of death, usually we're thinking about the soul being separated from the body. That is death. Um, but there's a second death, and that's Revelation 20. You can turn there in your own time here. Uh, Revelation 20, if you look at 11 through 15, those verses, that's the great white throne judgment. And it mentions uh, all the uh, unbelievers, Satan, you know, Antichrist, false prophet, they're already there. Uh, death, Hades, all that sort of stuff, all gets thrown to the lake of fire. And it's very clear and says the lake of fire is the second death. Okay, so what, what is the separation there? You're being separated from God forever. Forever. Okay, um, mm -hmm. so Adam and Eve, they died the day they ate that fruit. Yeah. And you think about that for a second, you're like, wait a minute, what? You know. Um, but what what would what did God promise? God said, the day you eat it, you will die. The day you it was a promise. And Satan deceived Eve and yes. said, Will you really die? Nah, you're yeah, I gotta really You will die. not surely die. Nah. Right? Yeah, very plain. And at yeah, the end of it, die. You, if you read that whole story, Are you which is sure really good. You're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah, die? You put place you that doubt die, right in your mind. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think you they, sure God knows it. He just doesn't love you. I, I think it's like this. <laughs> they knew what death meant because God gave them a vocabulary to begin with. Yeah. They, 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 he gave, he said a word they knew. But the thing separated from God, God mm -hmm. wouldn't do that, right? No. Surely. No, he wouldn't do that, yeah. would he, man? The doubt was placed in her head. But she, she admits at the end, she realizes it. She goes, Oh, I was deceived. Yeah. Because she realized that. Now, what was the separation there? Relationship. She realized that relationship was broken. Yeah. It, it, it was not the what it was before. So, you re, yeah, read that Genesis 3, 1 through 13. Just read that story there of how that happens. Uh, I'd love to come back and handle that in detail someday. That, yeah, I, I would sure. love to, I would love to do that. So that, that separation was in relationship. But God immediately, don't miss it. Read the whole chapter, chapter 3. God immediately provided the plan of redemption right there. Boom. Um, and so how loving is that? That is mm -hmm. wonderful. That is very good of him to do. The final results of sin are nothing but pain, suffering, death, and don't miss it, more evil. Yeah. And so when there's more evil, then there's also more what? Pain, suffering, and death. Yeah, it's kind of like a bad spiral. Yes. You know, so some, you know, praise God for intervening in our lives. Yeah. And limiting evil. He, he limits it yes. in our lives. Yeah, doesn't it talk about in, in Revelation where the Holy Spirit is removed out and then evil really gets going? Yeah, Second Thessalonians two, oh. it talks about the um, you know the the Antichrist, the final Antichrist, yeah, finally yeah. comes to power, and uh, it calls the Holy Spirit the Restrainer. Yeah, in, in yeah. there, and so when he is removed, the Antichrist comes to power. Uh, and of course, lots of other passages talk about what he does. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, there, yeah. which include Revelation. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, really powerful stuff there. Powerful stuff. Yeah, so without the restraint of the Holy Spirit, just think how, I mean, we look around at how evil everything is now mm -hmm. with with God still restraining it. Yep. It's going to get bad. It's going to get real bad. Yeah, we, we I'd you know, prefer not to be here for that. <laughs> I, I would prefer it too. I would prefer it too. Uh, good thing God has not destined us for his wrath. It's First Thessalonians 5 and such. Yes. It's a good thing. Okay. Um, so Ephesians 2, 1, famous, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. You know, you look at the whole Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 there, and uh, talks about our old life and how God was rich in mercy, 
and uh, provided us salvation by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's not of works. You know, we'd be boasting if that was the case. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Adam and Eve tried doing works at the beginning, right? Right, right. We talked about that when we did our gospel episode. But yeah, yeah the fig leaves. The fig leaves. Yep. Provide their faith, own atonement. Faith religion right off the bat. Bam. Immediately. How fast do they go to that, right? Yeah. I'll provide my own atonement. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Worry so, about it. <laughs> we, so we come into this life dead because of sin. Yeah. Um, we were separated in relationship. That's the kind of dead we are. Um, so God is so good to provide us for, even, even though we're so evil, he still says, you know, and you think about this, he's omniscient. He knows everything, which means before he created, he already knew that there'd be failure. Okay. Yeah. But just the thought. He sure wasn't a surprise. <laughs> yeah. That would be weird. That would be weird. Yeah. Nah, we would be omniscient then. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Can't surprise an omniscient being. Um, but you know, just the thought of. All the all the death, all the people that would reject him still, all the bad stuff, even with all that, just to have the ones that would trust him. He, he says, says it's all worth it. It's all worth it. All worth it. It's I, I, I gotta life. do it. Yep. I love him so much. Yeah. That's good. Okay. It is good. Um, so let's make some conclusions here and come back to the conquest of Canaan. Kind of full oh circle now. Full oh circle. Okay. I don't even know if we can we even answer this whole. The conquest of Canaan thing completely. I don't know if we come well, ground. You know, we have to. I think. I think it'd be really important to do. You know, maybe like a whole episode or two on what's really going on there. There is a lot more to it. The conquest of Canaan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot more to it. There it's is. not as simple as go kill everyone. Um, there's a. There's a lot I mean, going on. Yeah, I mean that—that's what their command was. But yeah, there's there's reasons for that, obviously. Right, right, right. Well, so we we have to have our, some foundational truths here. Yeah. God is the objective, universal, consistent standard of good. We've covered that yeah. already. God's very essence and being is fundamentally good. Yeah. That is essence and being. Okay. So therefore, because of all that, all of God's thoughts, words, and actions are good. Mm-hmm. He can't help it. He is who he is. Yeah. You know, if I if I have this mug full of coffee here, and um, anything I, I get jumbled up, it spills out. What's going to come out? Only coffee. Yeah. God is only good. So that whatever comes out is only good. That, that, that's that's how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever he does, we know is good. Yes. We, we don't want to use our own subjective standards of what is good. Yeah. And, and, and how, how can you make God measure up to himself? So it's, it's back to the fact, the fact of God is good. Right. Full yeah. circle. Full yeah. circle on that. So um, there's still he, unanswered questions, though, yeah, of course. Yeah, so when he commands yeah. the eradication of an entire people group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, kind of an entire people group. So well, you, you think yeah. that there's a lake of fire out there. Yeah. Okay. That's good for him to be just, holy, faithful, yeah, and condemn Cause, people because like what fire. kind of a what good God would not be a righteous judge? Right, evil needs to be punished. He is holy. God would not be good if evil is not punished. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. So, can you imagine if you were the victim of a crime and the judge just goes, "You know what? I just love everybody. Let's yeah. let the murderer go free." Yeah, but wait, wait. He killed. He killed their entire family. Ah, but you know what? I'm That's just such bad. a good guy. That's bad to send him to prison. Yeah, I'm no. just such a good guy. I think they should go free. <laughs> right. No, no. That's not good. That's not just. That's not justice. 
Right. A good God is also a just God. Right. All right. We, we have uh, just a couple minutes left here. So let's let's hurry up and crash this thing. And we're going to come back to more parts of this. Crash. Is God good? So yeah. we, uh, I just want a quick reminder. Isaiah 55, 8, 9. Just a quick paraphrase. You know, his ways and his thoughts are infinitely beyond ours. Yeah. And so sometimes we do have trouble understanding certain things. And we have to come back to that, just how much of a greater being he is than us. Yeah. I mean, That's we're fundamental. We're all part of this great big puzzle, and God's the puzzle maker. And just because we don't understand what's going on around us doesn't mean that God doesn't understand what's going on. Absolutely. You know, and sure, evil exists, but one day it will be defeated. Yeah, so, we're, we're caught up in the weeds. He has a 30,000-foot view, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe so, 60,000. <laughs> I think ultimately, this is the issue. We need to mature to a point where we stop asking the question, is this sin? And we need to start asking the question, how can I glorify God better? Yeah. Our standard has become, well, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. That shouldn't be our standard. Our standard is, is it right? Mm -hmm. So, Because then our progress ends up becoming... What are all the things that I can justify? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Instead of how much greater can I please my Savior, mm -hmm. my Creator? Well, this, this is all the time we have here today. I hope you guys check out our next episode in the series, Is God Good? It's going to be great. Yes. And don't forget to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. And send your questions to podcast.thinklikechrist.org. Yes. And we will see you guys next month. Thank you.